Welcome to episode seven, the lucky number seven of the Great American Folk Show, a little place in this space that celebrates the craft and community of art and the people who make it. I'm Tom Brusso, and Eric Deathridge is interrupting me right now with a little singer. I got the knobs, I got the turntable, there we <laughs> go, dangerous. turn the page, man. East of Omaha, you can listen to the engine moaning out as one note song. You can think about the woman or the girl you knew the night before. Well, Tom, you know, I bring this up, this song, because you are a touring musician, and I live vicariously through you, hearing all your stories of the road and, and imagining what it's uh, it's like. Well, it's not, you know, glamorous, although it is a total honor and privilege to do it, but it's not glamorous like most people well, think. Well, like Seeger is singing, you know, yeah. it makes it seem like such a chore, poor guy, on the road again. So i got to ask you, Mr. High Plains Troubadour, what are your favorite life on the road songs my favorite has got to be this one because it was recorded a mile from my house where i grew up in columbia maryland at meriwether post pavilion When we were doing a lot of traveling and tapes were big when I was a kid and we had this big Econoline and everybody would pop into the van. My favorite song about life on the road is by Roger Miller, King of the Road. Trailer for sale or rent Rooms to let 50 cents No phone, no pool, no pets Ain't got no cigarettes Ah, oh, but Two hours of pushing broom buys a eight by twelve four bit room. I'm a man of means by no means. King of the road. Don't you just love that song? I mean, come on, the way that he delivers it is just so beautiful, and it just makes you want to get out there in a long Cadillac and ride the roads. Uh, back when I used to smoke, I had to repeat that line. Ain't got no cigarettes. <laughs> <laughs> Kids, don't don't pick up that. <laughs> we have a guest, singer-songwriter Alila Diane, who talked about the touring lifestyle and her first ever foray into the lifestyle. Hi, Tom. Thanks for having me on your show. I wanted to talk a little bit about touring, which I've been doing for, gosh, 15 years, just about, if not longer. And the very first tour I went on was actually with you, Tom. Um, I believe it was, gosh, 2006, maybe 2007, but I think it may have been 2006. And I remember we accidentally drove to Canada together and I was so young and naive and I didn't really know what touring was or what releasing records was like. It was all very new and fresh for me. And I've learned a lot since then, actually. Um, I can pack my suitcase a bit better. And now I primarily travel overseas. I go to Europe a lot and 
I've toured in all different arrangements, um, toured with full bands, I've toured solo, I've toured as a duo, I've toured with my dad. Um, yeah, I've, I've been all over the place. I find that it's really a grind. It's not glamorous at all. You basically just sit in a van for anywhere from three to nine hours a day, maybe even 12 hours if you don't have a show that day. And you just sit there and you look out the window and then you'd arrive in, you arrive in a city you've never been to when you go into a windowless room and you eat some snacks. And uh, you uh, later on get to sing for some people and that, that part's really lovely and I enjoy that part quite a lot, but the rest of it is um, a lot of gas stations, a lot of beautiful cities that you'll never really get to see and sharing your heart with a bunch of people. And it's really a beautiful thing and it's really exhausting and I'm very lucky that I get to do it. And I hope that I can continue doing it in this very wild world where the music industry is changing and self-destructing and very confusing and we'll see but I'm still doing it and I'm still making music and I'm so grateful for that and thank you for having me on your show Tom I hope you're having a good day <laughs> bye now
Every night, you know I worry, lost in patterns, I cannot sleep. That was Alila Diane with her song of love. You can find it on her new album called Looking Glass. And before that, her thoughts on the touring lifestyle. Although it was quite some time ago, I've not forgotten when Alila and I toured together. She'd just released The Pirate's Gospel, and there was much anticipation from the audiences we encountered. They were all eager to see her in person and to hear her play. We went to New Haven, Connecticut, Albany, New York, New York City, Arlington, Virginia, Norfolk, Virginia, Lexington, Kentucky, Cincinnati, Ohio, and Chicago, Illinois, and a few other stops along the way. I found a fragment in an old road journal of mine, and it brought back a fond memory of that tour with Alila Diane. I'd like to share it with you now, and then do my best to try to explain what happened. So this is from Friday, October 27th, and it says 2006, and I write, Boston, soon to leave. I'm picking up the car, and Alila Diane, and together Alila and I will travel to Rochester tonight to play at Bullwinkles. Well, that's the fragment right there, but we never made it to Bullwinkles in Rochester, New York. And that was unfortunate because it was a sold-out show. It's the only time I ever missed a show. I imagine the only time Alila ever missed a show. 
I felt doubly mad because I was the reason it all got messed up. Here's what happened. On our way out of Boston, I started to drive north just to get around some of the hubbub. I was being a responsible driver, but clearly I was not paying attention. I should have been heading west. But so often when I drive, I get in the zone. And definitely on that day, I was in the zone. Anyway, I kept on going north. And three hours later, things started to not feel right. And then, as I recall, we looked up and we saw a sign that read, Welcome to Canada. Back in 2006, the directions I used to get anywhere while on tour always came in a packet that my manager, Mary Jones, made for me, and I really appreciated that. I usually reviewed the packet whenever I left one location to go to another location, but then I drove everywhere all the time. The other roads were starting to get familiar to me. Certainly, I've been to the East Coast many, many times by 2006. So um, I became a confident driver, and I didn't really need to look at directions anymore. I didn't have navigation on my phone. If I really was in a pinch, I could just open up the glove box and look at the U.S. map, and then I'd be fine. So there, Alila and I were in Canada. It's now 5 p.m., many hours out of the way from Rochester, New York. No chance to make that Bullwinkle show. So there was really no hurry to get anywhere, but I panicked just the same. We had entered into Canada without having gone through customs. I wasn't exactly sure how that happened, but it did happen. And I suppose what was going through my mind was, let's get out before they know we're here. So I used the ditch to make a quick U-turn. And as we followed that road, it wasn't long before I noticed that up ahead was the U.S. Customs and Border Protection. And the true pickle of the situation was that neither Alila nor I had our passport along. Border agents would soon discover we were there illegally. Now, how was I going to explain to U.S. Customs and Border Protection that I drove into Canada without knowing it? What a silly thing. But then why would Customs allow us back in the United States without our passports? So we were really in a pickle. The more likely scenario would be they would detain us. Our vehicle would be turned inside out. We'd have to arrange for our passports to be mailed to us there. We'd have to wait until they arrived, which probably would have taken days. Perhaps we'd even have a fee or penalty to pay. Could we be jailed? I don't know. Probably. Who knows? But definitely, if it all went down like this, the entire tour would be canceled and we'd just be gone. The point is, I'd never tested the system before, and I had no idea how it would react in the current climate. This was five years after 9-11, and travel felt very strict out there still. So my mind raced at the world of mess I'd gotten us into. The more we inched along in border traffic, the closer we got to the gates. The more I doubted the mess I'd gotten us into would be an easy one for us to get back out of. In my mind, we were doomed. To boot, we were traveling musicians. And I'm not saying it's like this always, but dang it. And don't get me started. Traveling musicians can have a hard go of it when going through customs. But the border agents were very understanding. They even had a sense of humor about it. One of them laughed out loud. And I laughed. And as I did laugh, I thought, okay, this is where they're going to tell me to pull the car over, get out, and get cozy for a week as we wait for our passports to arrive. But no. 
they waved us through. And they told us, God bless, and to be careful out there on the roads. Though to this day, I wonder how that Rochester show would have gone. Neither Alila nor I would have shown our true colors to one another. I can only hope that she saw in me someone who owned up to his mistake. Well, I saw in Alila coolness and calmness that everything, no matter what, in the end would be okay. The touring lifestyle is like an adventure where every day is a blank page to be filled with the most fantastic stories. It isn't always easy. It isn't glamorous. It can be many things. But the kindness of others, if even here and there, really has the power to warm up the road. Well, thank you, Alila, for being on the show. It was sure great having you. God bless, and be careful out there on the road. Well, Tom, I gently ribbed you about uh, calling yourself a High Plains troubadour. I mean, you call yourself that. I think the label oh, fits. Sure it fits quite well. Doesn't it just conjure an yes. image? <laughs> I, it does. And, and you always come to mind now. So you own that. Trademark it, will you? So <laughs> what would you call, what would you describe, how would you describe Chuck Suki? Well, he's a North Dakotan, for one. He's from Mandan. He's North Dakota's official. Not many people know that. We have an official troubadour, but we do. And Chuck Suki is. He's a total Peace Garden State treasure. Here's Chuck Suki. Our farm is about 10 miles out of town. And when I was young and attending mass with my mom every Sunday, we'd drive into town. On the way home, there was a little store by the golf course on the edge of town called the Park Store. And I would, we'd pull over and I'd run in with a couple of quarters and come out with two candy bars, one for my mom, one for me. And we'd proceed on out to the farm and not even be an eighth of a mile up the hill out of town, I would have those candy bars unwrapped and roll down the window and throw the wrappers out into the road ditch without thinking about it for a second because that was just the accepted way and the, and the train of thought and we didn't, hadn't thought through things like litter and pollution, I guess. And later, I realized that often I'd also passed by what I called shadows, shadows of the spirit of the vanquished on their way out to the Standing Rock community, which was further south of us. And we would pass by them without thinking a thing of it, almost not even seeing them. It's like they were invisible or didn't matter. And that, too, was just the way it was. It was the, our accepted way of thought about them. When I was about 15, I was allowed to haul some truckloads of grain into town for the first time during harvest, and I was feeling so grown up and, and so important, driving that great big 1955 Dodge one-and-a-half-ton truck with a flathead six on into town with maybe 150 bushels of hard red spring wheat to the grain elevator where I dump it off and it would be hauled off to St. Paul or the Great Lakes and from there onto a mill someplace and from there the flour from the wheat would be sent to bakeries and it would be then baked into bread and it would show up on people's breakfast tables as toast. And I knew all that, and it felt like being part of something real important. So 
when I came upon one of these so-called shadows, I saw him up the road ahead of me, and I heard a little voice inside of me say, slow down. It's a hot day. He could probably use a ride. And maybe because I was feeling so growing up and being part of such a large endeavor, I don't know. But I did stop. I slowed down, kicked open the side door, and he climbed in. We proceeded on our way. I wanted to impress him with how well I could double clutch and not grind a single gear, but he was not to be impressed, and he just quietly sat staring straight ahead, and I became increasingly nervous at his silence. And then finally, he broke the silence, and he spoke, and he said, Yeah, I'm Rainbow, Kenny Rainbow. Yeah, I'm a singer, you know. And I remember thinking, what, like like Johnny Cash? Or what, what are you talking about? Because there was too much differential in culture and age and perhaps time. But it never left me. And some 30, 35 years later, it dawned on me as I had learned more that he was trying to tell me that he was somebody, that he wasn't just the shadow of the spirit, of the vanquished, invisible. He wasn't just a candy wrapper discarded along the highway. He was somebody. And it occurred to me that we all want to be known as somebody. In my daddy's old truck, Dodge G55, I was 15 years old, just coming alive. He stood on the shoulder, too proud to ask. I threw her in neutral, slipped off the gas. I slowed to a roll on the gravelly grade. He climbed in the cab. No eye contact made Six miles of silence Head held up high To my question unasked I heard his reply I'm a rainbow, Kenny Rainbow I'm a singer, you know On the highway to heaven The journey is slow Till I come to my drum At the big powwow show I'm Rainbow, Kenny Rainbow, I'm a singer, you know. His voice held conviction from deep within side, deeper than ego and far beyond pride. Thirty years later, came to me clear, he was a keeper of culture and stories to hear. My head in its youth passed over his words my heart held the truth of all that it heard we came to his corner i know i was blessed as he called from the gravel and into my past i'm a rainbow kenny rainbow i'm a singer you know on the highway to heaven 
the journey is slow till I come to my drum at the big powwow show. I'm Rainbow Kenny Rainbow, I'm a singer, you know. Now I sing the stage lights, clear prairie stars, in holy old churches, smoke holy bars. I marry, I bury my neighbors with song. I know I'm a singer, and where I belong, like rainbow, candy rainbow, I'm a singer, you know. On the highway to heaven, the journey is slow. Till I come to my drum at the big powwow show Like Rainbow Kenny Rainbow, I'm a singer, you know Like Rainbow Kenny Rainbow, I'm a singer, yeah, no. When the world seems washed away Don't know what to say or do Above the water on the rise Starry skies seem far and few Somehow we've got to find the love Find the love in all the heartache and pain. Find the love, find the love. Earth will turn in healing change. When the world seems torn apart, Broken heart in two And all you thought you knew Is not got to find what's true Find the love Find the love in all the heartache and pain Find the love Find the love Somehow we've got to Find the love It's not all up to you Sun and moon know it true 
river do what a river do Find the love Find the love In all this mess confess construe Find the love Somehow we're gonna Find The love During the great Missouri River flood of 2011, some river bottom land that we steward on the farm, which we've kept in timber, was just inundated for months. And some of the great cottonwoods that I thought were invincible fell over. The ground became too soft, or as I wrote in my journal, they could no longer bear the weight of their own lives. And I was heartbroken. And during that same time, the call went out from our, our local community, from the city, that the wastewater treatment plant was in danger of being inundated, and they were called out for sandbaggers. And so I thought, I've never been part of something like that. This was a great opportunity to serve the community, and I certainly didn't want wastewater or sewage running in the river, in the Missouri River. And so I went over to help out, and there was just hundreds and hundreds of people, and it was all organized, and some were filling sandbags, some were loading them on pallets, and some were driving the pallets over to the, to the barrier wall and uh, unloading them there and stacking them. And it was just this grand operation with one goal in mind, and uh, it was to save the water treatment plant. And as we were working away, filling sandbags and carrying them, the thought just occurred to me that even though all these people had different ways of looking at life, probably different politics, different religion, the only thing that mattered was to save the sewage treatment plant. And it occurred to me, probably more so that I could feel it, that there was love going on. There was connectedness, love. And I didn't realize at the time that it was also a great metaphor for struggles yet to come. Now it's come another year, another winter, living here, reminiscing summer beer, cool in the shade. World is tilted, talking war, vengeful debtors, even scores, I regret. A world not more cool in the shade 
Voices raging, radio Choices waging, they don't know Melt away like aging snow Cooled in the shade Sun glancing off the trees Soul dancing with the breeze Jesus came to rest his case Do we live the test of faith With plowshares, swords replace Cool in the shade Wisdom now I understand Smell the flowers, Ferdinand And hear with heart and heal with hand Cool in the shade Sun glancing off the trees Soul dancing with the breeze Winter wanes, bows to spring Joyful fruits will summer bring And fearlessly will Robin sing Cool in the shade Cool in the shade A live session from Chuck Suki. You heard his original songs, Find the Love, another one called Kenny Rainbow, and another great one called Cool in the Shade, plus one of his like beautiful short stories that I'm certain he didn't just write out for the program. It was totally off the cuff. It's called The Flood. I hope you're enjoying the Great American Folk Show. If you do, be sure and like us wherever you get your favorite podcasts. And you know what else? I want to encourage you to write review. Please do that. Let's enjoy some poetry now from Charleston, South Carolina, Poet Laureate Marcus Amaker. I'm going to read three poems for you. These three poems are from my 10th book, Hold What Makes You Whole. Uh, The first poem I'm going to be doing is called Mahogany. I wrote this poem as a way to remind us all how similar we are I believe that media tries to separate us. 
who decided to call us black and white? When I look at my skin, I don't see black. I see brown. Brown like the color of sand. It's a brilliant tan that needs no sun. Brown like the mahogany tree bark grounded in the summer whose green leaves make the transition into fall coffee stained by the autumn's cool breeze. Who decided to call us black and white? When I look at my wife, I don't see white. I see brown, just a lighter shade than mine. Brown is the cinnamon that colors her iris. Brown are the arms that wrap around me during a bronze sunset. Brown are the layered bricks of our home's foundation. Who decided to call us black and white? When I look at all of you, I see shades of brown, a sea of one color, ripples of love floating along a sea change. There are so many words used to divide us. To fool us into seeing ourselves through foggy lenses, we are more than a box-checked statistic. We are more than a census. I am not black or white. I am awake. This next poem is a poem about self-care. It's called, Give Yourself Some Flowers. And in the beginning, God gave your body a checklist. Keep your heart on beat and your lungs dancing with oxygen, not passive to air. Make sure the path of your blood slows down for checkpoints and avoids bumps in the road. Train your nerves to keep a balanced pace and stay within the lines of steady flow. Push forward without putting too much pressure on movement. Remember to return to water when your spirit and its frame are in drought. Treat your body like a well-rounded planet built for all seasons, or pretend you are an adaptable star. Float in the black and stay there if you need to. Save some light for yourself. In other words, rest like the sun does. Schedule some time to stay out of sight when too many people praise warm energy. Keep in mind all of these things when depression tells you nothing is working. Keep in mind all of these things when it tells you there is no invisible force connecting us, when your veins are stopped by blood clots, when your bones are dry and the water is too quick to boil. Keep in mind all of these things when it tells you that the soul is like the body, made to be broken, open to deterioration and doubt, yes. Keep in mind all of these things and remember, even when it seems like the clock isn't ticking, you were made perfectly for this moment 
in time. And the last poem I'm going to read for you is called Tune Up, Tune Out, Tune In. I was inspired to write this poem just thinking about all of the moments in life that we take for granted. Moments that used to be magic for us. Part one. The first time I got behind the wheel of a car, it felt like I had the power of gravity in my hands. In that moment, I was more than just a teenager with no destination. I was holding the electromagnetic force of undiscovered planets. Steering a 1994 green Chevy Cavalier was a portal into a universe with infinite range and possibility, chasing miracles while listening to carefully constructed mixtapes. Part two. I drove to the grocery store today, didn't feel the pull. The world has melted into the ordinary. My hands have learned to stay in their earthly lane. My emotional roadmap is on autopilot. The same paths, the same streets. I'm now handling a body that has too many miles, sometimes on the verge of breaking down, sometimes too damaged to move, nervous in a new way. I'd rather be on my couch than in a car seat. Part three. I use these same hands to write poems. My pencil has not lost its force of attraction. My notebook is capable of creating galaxies, not just being inside of one. My muse wanders aimlessly to eventually reveal emotional blind spots. It always takes me there. And I'm noticing how the signs on this path say, be aware instead of beware. That was Marcus Amaker, Poet Laureate of Charleston, South Carolina. His new book, Hold What Makes You Whole, is a 200-page compilation of jazz, blackness, self-care, fatherhood, Star Wars, social justice, music, and memory. Visit his website at marcusamaker.com. All right, Tom, so let's scratch the itch of your fans. You know, the people listening right now to your podcast. Now, they love your guests. They love poets. We just heard Marcus. He was great. Musicians. They love uh, your stories about being a working, touring musicians. Okay, maybe I'm speaking myself here. (laughs) And all the wild pairings and collaborations. But what they really want, and we've heard this a million times from fans of the radio show, okay, is... 
when is Tom Brousseau going to sing more Tom Brousseau? I want some Tom Brousseau songs. I want him to play live. So, Tom, will you give the people what they want? Are you kidding me? I would love to do that. Okay, are you ready? I have a brand new one to play. Should, we, should I do that yeah, one? Yeah, do, do, do a brand new one. Okay. It doesn't have a title, but it goes a little something like this. I'm watching the rusty paint flakes Tremble in the summer breeze On some old abandoned barn From the dirty thirties No cattle roam, there is no feed That's nothing to do with what I intend To bring you up to speed Conversation must begin somehow And we all arrive in our own style If I wanted to tell you how I felt In a short time or a long while I'm unabridged, do not condense I'm sorry for the way I smile I do not mean this in a funny sense You think I've changed Well I've never been the same Misunderstood in your own life You've thought about it late, late at night Maybe the sound of an owl snaps you out of it And you just sit upright An owl moves with no sound on the way And the years go by And the years just do the thing You gotta change Life never been the same Untitled song from our host, Tom Brusso. <laughs> Wonderful. Well, I wish I could call it that, but, you know, Elliot Smith kind of took up all of the untitled Yeah, things. he did. <laughs> Elliot Smith had the market cornered. You're right. <laughs> Thanks for listening to the Great American Folk Show. What a blast it was to have you here. And to my good buddy, Eric Deathridge. I'm Tom Brusso, and we'll see you next time.